Welcome to another episode of Them Ask Burgess. Hello. Uh, it's new episode time. Yes, it is. Um, anything going on with you lately? Um, no, don't think so. Nothing. Nothing. Um, did I have something? I don't know. There doesn't seem to be anything going on with you uh, lately. Not that it always has to be, you know. It's not, I guess it's not a thing of everybody with autism needs to have something constantly going on with them. You yeah. Know, there obviously has to come a point where this, it's not it. I mean, obviously, like, you're autistic, like, 24-7, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's always the next thing to do with it. Yeah. Um, sometimes I, like, I think I go ages without thinking about even that I am autistic. I guess I don't really ever think about it. Um, obviously, pre-diagnosis, you never think about it. But after you're diagnosed, I think when you've just been diagnosed, you constantly think about your autism, I suppose. Did you? Um, um, a bit, yeah. Probably not as much as maybe you did, I don't think. Um, but a bit. I think... I did spend quite a lot of time being like, is this right? Have have I been diagnosed correctly? Am I sure? Was I, you know, as honest as I could possibly be during the diagnosis process? That was a big thing for me. I was quite worried. Like I did, because um, I think I had, I think it was three um, sort of interviews that I did in total. And I did take you with me to two of those three because I just wanted somebody else there so that if I said something, you could sort of back me up almost or just in case, like, I was worried that I would say something and it wouldn't necessarily be true and not to steer it in any particular way, just it might be my interpretation of how I am is not how I actually am. Um, and I wasn't, I definitely wasn't trying to steer it towards autism or against it. I was just trying to be as honest as possible, but I was quite nervous that, and it's not even like you can, you can't steer somebody that does, you know, that does diagnosing people for a living. Um, you can't really lie, I suppose. I mean, you could, but I don't know if you'd fool them. Um, but I was very scared so I spent quite a lot of time after diagnosis not knowing how to feel about it and probably putting it to the back of my mind because there was a part of me that was a bit I guess worried that I'd I don't know that I wasn't yeah I mean I don't know I suppose I don't I mean there is that if you start thinking about it that way but I I guess, I guess what I kind of meant was... Oh, sorry. No, I, no, it's fine. Like, this is like a good point. I'm just saying, like, what I meant was, like, did you start doing things and think, am I doing that because I'm autistic? Or do you mean I'm doing this because I'm autistic? Or, like, say you got worried or nervous about something, would you then think, it's because I've got autism, not yeah. just I'm worried and nervous? I just mean, like, when you first diagnosed, do you notice, like, where it appears in your life or not even like when you've been diagnosed I guess because it's not like you need the diagnosis and you think about it um even if you haven't been diagnosed but you know you're autistic or somebody says you're autistic do you just can you like almost highlight the things you do throughout the day or in the week that you know are 
autism related? I suppose, yeah. I think this is going to be probably a little bit more of an answer than you were looking for, but why not overshare? Right. Um, so I think when I first got diagnosed, there was a part of me where it was a bit of a relief, like, oh, okay, it's okay that I don't want to go on a night out. Like, it's a really typical thing, especially around that time, because I was still at university and it was still quite common to go on nights out. And it, there was this part of me where I felt relieved because I thought, okay, good, I don't, I don't have to go on a night out if I don't want to because I'm autistic. And to, to be honest, if you're on the spectrum or not, it shouldn't matter. If you don't want to do something, don't do it. But it just made me feel more comfortable within myself that that's why I don't want to do this or that's why I get worried about that. Um, but then equally, there was also this part of me that went not just with things like nights out, but just in general, like with socialising or with leaving the house even. I think, well, you could you can physically do it. So you should do it, even though maybe it caused me stress or anxiety or worry. There was still this part of me that went, yeah, but just because it causes you that, that's not an excuse. You still physically can do it. So you should. Um, so I think there was more that that went on this weird confliction between me where occasionally I'd go, oh, it's fine. You're autistic. And then there'd be this other part of me that went, no, don't like it's not an excuse. Don't you don't get to use it as an excuse. Um, but it definitely made me feel more comfortable with my own thoughts and feelings towards things. And I, I definitely noticed after getting diagnosed that if something happened and my reaction to it wasn't the same as everybody else's, I felt more comfortable within myself at that reaction because I thought, that's fine, that's just how your brain works. And something that has been happening with me recently um is I I got really comfortable with not reacting to things that other people were reacting to, and that's okay. But recently I've felt almost on the flip side of that, of sometimes I have a reaction to things, and my reactions to things are not for the same reasons as other people's, and they might not be the same reactions as maybe an NT person uh, might react but I still have reactions to certain things. And recently I've almost felt the opposite of, am I okay to be acting like this when I'm on the spectrum? Is this like an NT reaction that I shouldn't be having? I've sort of had that recently. Um, like I'm, I'm not gonna go into any details, but something happened where I had a reaction to it and it wasn't for a reason it wasn't for the same reasons as people around me and it wasn't the same type of reaction at all. But I had a reaction and there was a part of me that went, why are you reacting to this? You're, you're on the spectrum, you shouldn't be reacting to that. Yeah. Does that make sense? I guess so. Um, you have a lot of, I suppose, not neurotypical traits, but you still do things that I think I would have long like a few like maybe a while ago just thought that people on the spectrum can't do that or don't have that but you you have reactions to stuff that everybody else has which is uh interesting um like drives and that kind of thing you you do do stuff that would be considered normal and i guess in, in my sense like obviously i can't do stuff and sometimes i get really frustrated with the fact that i can't do stuff or that my reactions to something aren't the same as everybody else's and obviously we've talked about this I think we've talked about this 
how I see stuff is when people have a reaction to something that's not the same as me, I feel like they're putting it on yeah. and they're behaving in a way that is just for attention or I always put like some sort of negative spin on what they're doing. I don't believe that anybody has a normal reaction to something. I think they just pretend. Yeah. Uh, and I choose not to pretend. Therefore, I feel like I'm more genuine than them. Uh, and obviously, once I got diagnosed, well, once it was suggested to me that I was autistic, I felt like that justified the way I was and my lack of reaction to stuff is okay because I'm autistic. It made me still feel a little bit that a lot of people put stuff on. Some stuff I still feel is a genuine um, emotion and some stuff I feel isn't genuine. Yeah. There are times where I get frustrated with people because I feel like what they're doing is not genuine. Do you mean like there were people crying uh, in front of me that over stuff that I guess they think is worth crying over and I feel like it isn't. So I almost, I don't think I've ever done it, but I do feel like with some people, I do almost feel the need to be like, just stop it. Like, we both know that this is just some fake thing you're doing. Um, and obviously when you suggested to you that you were autistic and then you got diagnosed, I figured that you were the same as me. Yeah. Uh, but then you have reactions to stuff that I don't understand and that are more in line with neurotypical people. Uh, and it confuses me a little bit because I know you are autistic. Uh, and I also know that you're someone that doesn't really show emotional responses to stuff unless you're unable to control it uh, and then it happens. So, yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah. Does that make sense to what you said? Yeah, no, it does, because <laughs> that's kind of what confuses me. Sometimes I react to things and I think, why are you reacting to that? And maybe it's because I see you a lot. So there's a part of me that thinks, why are you not behaving in that way? Um as you're, you're someone that's on the spectrum as well, I almost sometimes compare myself, I guess. Yeah, I'd say that I'm quite, I'm quite closed off in comparison. I know a lot of people on the spectrum are, you know, you, you have a lot of, you have a lot of meltdowns. Um, you know, a lot of people on the spectrum have a lot of meltdowns or over emotional responses to stuff. Because I always think it's interesting that one of the things that are said about autism is, um, you know, that we lack emotion. Um, yeah. But I have found that with a lot of people, our emotions are stronger. So we have over emotional responses or extreme emotional responses yeah. to stuff that neurotypical won't do. We're completely the other way, a lot of us. Uh, but I'm not. So it's interesting. I wouldn't say I've had an extreme. I mean, you've known me for, I mean, known me, known me for like over two years now. Yeah. Would you say I've ever had a strong emotional reaction to anything? Like really? Like even like my anger and rage and stuff it's really short-lived it's there but then it's gone again yeah i'm i've seen you have a meltdown once and yeah that's it yeah um yeah like i say my emotions are quite dulled uh and i obviously i come across as like not caring or not bothered and i suppose i'm the one that like told you about your own autism and then helped you through the diagnosis thing yeah uh, i'm not saying i was like your yeah, autism mentor or anything but i no, guess you but... measured what autism was in comparison to me yeah so yeah it makes sense that you'd still do that a little bit now uh where you still uh see it that way yeah like you have reactions to stuff and then think well you know nikki wouldn't do that so yeah why am i doing that um yeah but then obviously yeah like when i ask you every week what's going on with your autism there's just times where you don't do it like do you genuinely forget that you have autism well i don't i don't it's not something that 
comes up in my head that often. Like, I don't think, you know, if I think about myself as a person, that isn't one of the things that comes into my mind. I don't think, I don't know, I don't think I'm Scarlet, I'm autistic. It's not on my list. There's certain things that I think, it's not something I think about very often, but there's certain things that I suppose if someone asked me about myself, there are things that I think I would say that would identify me, but that isn't one of them. Yeah, I mean, I have like periods where I all I think about is the fact that I'm autistic. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like depending on the situation, there's some days where I think about it constantly and it's all I think about. And then there's times where I can go like a month, maybe longer, forgetting that I am. I mean, it's, yeah. it's different now since we started doing these um, episodes, but, you know, before the podcast, um, I would say that I could go like six, seven months without even thinking about it or talking about it or mentioning it unless I did something that specifically everybody else had a problem with um you know sometimes I use my autism in a negative way I suppose so sometimes I use it as like a shield so sometimes when I've done something wrong or bad or that kind of thing sometimes I will say you know well it's my autism so (laughs) uh, I can't help that as a way to not have to apologize yeah you know I kind of use it then sometimes and I get myself into situations all the time where somebody's offended or somebody's annoyed or upset. Uh, and obviously, previous to diagnosis, I used to just say to them, you know, it's not my fault. Just stop being a baby. Uh, and now I feel like I just say it's not my fault. I can't, I can't control myself. Yeah. But that's just um, that's just me. Yeah. And that's something that I think um, potentially maybe I should do more but then equally I always have this thing of it's not that I can't change it's that it's more difficult for me to change but I know that just because it's not something that maybe comes naturally to me I can I can make myself do certain things and I'm not saying that you you have to or you should but for me, I think a, a thing I use a lot is when people expect me to behave in a certain way and I'm not behaving like it. My thought isn't, well, you know, I am on the spectrum, so I'll behave how I want. I do think, OK, I, I, I'll try to make the effort. It doesn't always work out right. But I think uh, I don't know. I I often feel like I need to compromise to be in. To be the right the right way like I think it's a bit of a compromise I need people to compromise for me also so I do need people to accept me a little bit more in the way I am but then also I will try and you know alter myself slightly as well yeah uh yeah I suppose yeah I don't know I guess because you don't tell people about it yeah so you can't really use it you don't want to mention it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I say, apart from like your family, my family and the people that listen to this, nobody knows. Yeah. So I guess you can't really use it. It's not like I say it out loud. I kind of just, I mean, we kind of do a similar thing. So like once I've been in a situation that's quite bad or somebody's upset or, you know, anything like that, after it's happened, in my head, I'm just like, well, it's because I'm autistic and they have forgotten that. Yeah. So, you know, that's not really 
it's not really my problem. Uh, and I think for you, you come back, feel bad, feel guilty for what you did, uh, and then try and like, you know, comfort yourself with it would have happened like that anyway, no yeah. matter what, because that's just the way I am. But you still don't tell anyone about it. You just kind of go, well, I'm autistic. So I guess I couldn't, I guess I couldn't do anything about that. Yeah. Yes. What yeah. about you? Is there anything new going on with you? No. No? Uh, nothing since the eye tests, really. Um, I'm trying to... I don't know. It's kind of... I always think, like, oh, it's weird. I'm starting to behave odd again. Start thinking about, like, my, my future. And obviously we talked about the episode last week where we were talking about how you know, now I've got this information, diagnosis, the ADHD thing, the eyesight thing. You think, like, well... Okay, but telling me now is too late because, yeah. you know, I could have done with this information when I was going through school, college, uni, jobs, that kind of thing. Um, so I think, like, it's too late. And obviously, like, I'm only 34. I mean, it's not really too late. No. But I guess for those situations, I can't retroactively use that information. So, it, you know, and I always start thinking about, like, what should I do? I mean, like it's the same thing every time every this time of year every time of year I mean every year I kind of get to the point where I start thinking about my job my life and what am I going to do and you know what can I do and all this stuff but I always forget it's because my birthday is like a few weeks away well, I say a few weeks away <laughs> it's a few it's, weeks away it's, it's the end of March it's, yeah you've got about two and a half months yeah but like it just it just builds up do you know what I mean like between now and then yeah. I just have this thought of every time a birthday comes around what am I doing yeah uh, I so I think it's just it's just that um, yeah with me so I just have those thoughts I suppose yeah but anyway um what I was gonna mention one other thing can I'm I got... mention one other yeah, thing yeah go on then okay so also, just, I mean, it's, it's kind of irrelevant, but I think it's really, uh, I think it's really good and I think it's worth mentioning. So we've both got into a routine recently of doing the, so we, we've got a switch. I think we've talked about it before where we've both got um, a switch mm. and the console is a games console. I don't know if that needs to be said, but anyway, we've got um, the brain training on the switches really good it's really interesting but i really enjoy it so we've both got into a habit of doing the brain age check every day and i just think it's a really good way to i guess stimulate your your brain have it like engaged and um kind of with what you were saying about going back to school and stuff it kind of makes me feel like i'm back at school doing things that i don't i don't really do in day to day life now but they are like educational things. And I do think that there's something about it that's maybe good for us. I also think from doing it, because I've watched you play it as well. And there are things that you are really good at. Like I would say you're quite impressive at. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. The thing is with me is every time I learn uh, a new skill or I realize something about myself that's useful or something I know I can do. Um, useful is the wrong word because what I'm about to say kind of contradicts that. I always think like, yeah, it's great that I can do that, but what am I going to do with that? You know? Yeah. So like, I know you like the brain training and I know you like learning all this stuff and, you know, finding out how to do things and how you're, you know, improving your thought processes and that kind of thing. But I always think like on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, it, I don't understand the, uh, the importance of it. 
or what it can do. I can't see anything tangible after doing it. You know what I mean? Like I don't do my day after and notice a, an improvement so uh, on anything. So I just think like, yeah, it's good that I know that, but whatever. Whereas I know for you, you, I guess, think about it long term. Whereas I always need like immediate, like, okay, now I've been able to do these calculations so quickly. I've noticed that all of a sudden I can do this faster. Uh, I need to see like a, a result. Right. If you know what I mean. Whereas I know you just like the fact that your brain age has got lower or, you know, you've improved this or you're better at that. I know you like the, oh, look at that, that's really good. Whereas I'm always kind of like, okay, now I've got that. What does that mean? What can I use that for? Oh, okay. Well, I thought it was, <laughs> I've really been enjoying it and I do think like it does show an improvement, but I feel like it's helped I don't know if it's, I know it's meant to help everyone in general. It's not anything specifically to do with people on the spectrum at all. But I have found it really, um, really useful. I think it helps to almost soothe me. It's a nice like routine thing to have in place. Um, just think it's a good, a good little, a good game. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it's not. I mean, there's loads of people um, that are on our group and stuff that, you know, like things like jigsaws, yeah. reading. You know, the, the more like what I would class as like intellectually stuff, you know, um, doing the stuff where you've got to really like think. Um, but I always feel like I suppose for me, because I do a lot of like weird thinking throughout the day, I always like feel like the opposite is something I need something where I don't have to think. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the thing you like, uh, like multitasking with your brain and learning new things and using it in that way. Uh, whereas, yeah, for me, I feel like I've been doing that all day. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know, this is good and this is bad. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm not saying I hate it or anything. No. Uh, I just uh, I just find it more, I don't know, I, I guess we don't get the same thing. You get like a, I guess, a feeling from it that you enjoy. Whereas I think like this is good. Do you know what I mean? Eventually I'll keep training my brain and it'll get better and better and better. And then once it's at like its peak, I'll be able to, and then I can't answer that question. So then I just think like, wait, what would I do? I just say, I think it's so interesting because you get to see like, they break it up into three things of processing speed. What is it? Processing speed, short-term memory and uh, problem solving. Uh, I don't know. I think, yes. I think it's those three. And you can see where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. So I think, well, my short-term memory is my best. Um, and my processing speed, I think. And then it's my short-term, uh, um, my problem-solving that's my worst, I think. Yeah, I guess so. I think, I just, I think it's been so interesting to learn about what your strengths are and your weaknesses are and stuff. Yeah. I don't think it is uh, problem solving. I think it's something no. co something control. Oh, self-control. It's self-control. I'm so sorry I got that wrong. So it's self-control, uh, processing speed, and short-term memory. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> sorry, tangent. Yeah, for this week's uh, episode, I was going to, well, we were going to talk about, um, I guess, like, effects on the body of autism. We've done the body. Um, but this is more like to do with like health stuff, I suppose. Uh, you know, things to do with like your, you know, like what anxiety does to your 
So I guess your physical health as well as your mental health. Yeah, because I yeah. always because obviously the two are linked, uh, and I do I think about it. It's it's weird because obviously like I because um, like, I do get nervous. And I know I said that I keep my emotions on a I suppose on a like I keep them hidden. Yeah, uh, my reaction stuff. But internally, there's always something going on, and I always that's I guess that's when I notice the autism. I don't believe that a lot of people have the same like things as me all the time you know because like, I get I've noticed it so because okay so for example at the moment um I have like a like a fitness tracker watch that I've had for a week or so and it tracks like your sleep yeah uh and you know it, it tells you like your deep sleep and your REM and then your like light sleep to when you're awake uh, and it's interesting because I've noticed that over the weekend, because I don't work weekends and in the weekend and we're doing like our own thing, our own routines, um, you know, like we're not having to go anywhere or do anything that's, do you mean like it's, it's kind of like it's our own routine. Yeah. Both days it's, it's what me and you do. Uh, whereas obviously in the week you have your own routines before you go to work and you have your own team routines when you get home from work. But in the day there's less control over what you can and can't do. You have to try and like install your own routines and that kind of thing. Yeah. And obviously like with my um, tracker, I can like monitor my sleep from each night. So each night I've been tracking my sleep. And I've noticed on the nights before I have to go to work, my deep sleep, so you know when I'm proper like a sleep asleep, yeah. is much shorter um, on the nights before I have to go to work. And then like on, and also I wake up intermittently throughout the night like yeah. I, I know I do wake up but there actually are times according to my tracker where I'm waking up like four or five times in throughout the night they're just not yeah. long enough for me to have like a memory of them whereas sometimes I do remember waking up because I've been awake for like an hour but on like Friday night my deep sleep seems to be twice as long with no waking up uh, and same on the Saturday night so last night same again right like almost twice as much deep sleep no waking up uh, and obviously I've had this tracker now for two weeks and two weeks the pattern is the same so I've noticed that when I know I've got to be at work the next day my sleep's really like disturbed yeah uh, and it isn't uh, as I guess efficient asleep as the weekends um, and I've noticed that like my anxiety levels in the morning of like Monday morning so before I've got to go anywhere I've noticed that my anxiety is much higher uh, I noticed that like with my stomach uh, like my breathing uh, like this thing checks my heart rate as well. So I notice my heart rate is slightly higher uh, just as I'm about to leave. It's interesting having a like fitness tracker, I suppose, in that sense, because you can see your like heart rate at the time. And mine almost doubles just as I'm about to leave for work, like every day. Yeah. It's really low up until about 20 minutes before I'm about to leave. And then it goes to like double. Yeah. Um, it's my like resting heart rate is usually like 50 something. And then it's like 100 and something as I'm about to leave. Uh, and that's the same like every day um, before I go to work. But Monday specifically is much stronger than others. Like even though we're talking about it now, like about me being at work, I've noticed that I can feel it like <laughs> my body in general, like my anxiety. I would say my heart rate right now is, uh, hold on, is at 60, which isn't actually that bad. But like I can feel it like in my breathing, my heart, my chest feels like thing. Just because we're talking about me doing something that I don't want to do. So it does make me think about like long-term effects on the body, like this level of anxiety all yeah. the time. Um, 
I mean, I used to get a lot of anxiety and worry anyway, but when you become more like aware of it, I do like think about as I get older, um, obviously my body will cope with it less, you know, like with like surges of adrenaline constantly, uh, you know, that I'm doing nothing with. I remember doing like psychology uh, when I was in college and I remember like it's the fight or flight thing, isn't it? Um, like whatever that is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and like, I think those with autism, it's, it's slightly different. I suppose we get the fight or flight response to like basic stuff that other people don't get. Yeah. And obviously before diagnosis, I just assumed everybody was like this. Everybody had this. They just were better at coping with it. Like we go do something like I'd go to like give a presentation at school and I'd be like, I'd notice everybody was nervous, um, but I'd be like a different level of nervous and like panic. And I'd just be like, oh, you know, this is bad. Like, I can't believe we're all feeling this. Why would they make us do this when it does this to us? And your teacher would always just be like, oh, it's good for your, you know, it's like character building. It's good for your, uh, you as a person. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they'd always tell you that. And I just think, how is this good for me as a person? I feel like my body feels like nuts right now. Yeah. Um, And... It is just, it's just crazy. Like, I just remember thinking like, and then after it, you're supposed to feel like better, like you've, you know, achieved something, you know, you do the presentation, you sit down, you think like, oh, actually that wasn't as bad as I thought. I feel great, you know, and then they reckon the more and more times that you do it, the easier it gets. But for me, every time I did it, it was exactly the same feeling like every time I went into this weird, like panicked, how do I get out of this? There must be a way to get out of this. I must be, there must be a way to not go through with this. Yeah. Um, but like because of like my needs for routine and schedule I you know would have to go to school every day like I was never sick I never took time off school even on the days where I had presentations I didn't have the thought of I could just pretend I was ill and not go in because then I don't have to do it because going to school was I made it part of what I had to do so I had to go in you have to walk into something knowing that you're going to hate it but you know, if you don't go, you're going to feel nervous anyway. Like if I ever did pull a sick day, like even with like work. So like when I have pulled a sickie at work, um, it doesn't comfort me. Have I, you? Uh, <laughs> no, not really. But like, I think I did once ages ago. Uh, and I remember thinking like, it's, it's really bad. You think you've got a day off, you'd be relaxed, calm. You haven't got to do the thing you've got to do. Um, you know, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, but then you don't do it. And then I spent all my time panicked at home thinking, what are they thinking about me? Do they believe me? Was my text believable? Was my phone call believable? Like, what are they going to do? Like, are they talking about me? Will I have a meeting? Do they know that I'm faking it? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and I just think like, well, this is, this wasn't worth it. Like I'd, I'd have been the same if I'd have gone, you know? Yeah. So like, it's, uh, I have that, but I always wonder about the constant, like, stress on the body from like autism um you know and some of the things it causes like has it like i said before uh, i put on like weight um uh ages ago like when i was like 16 i put on a lot of weight i got really big and i, I thought about it like how it could have happened um because i it was the and i think it's because like i finished school uh and then i had like no like the structure of school had disappeared and i didn't know what to do so oh, that's interesting so i like you know what i mean like i i was at home i went to college and stuff but like when you go to school there's school dinners obviously um or you get given lunch but when i went to college uh i had a job at the same time so i had money 
and I couldn't work out like when to eat, what I should eat, and that kind of thing. So it's more dictated for you at school. You know, there's like there's a choice of what you yeah. can and can't have. Uh, whereas I was at, my school was in the middle of nowhere as well, so there weren't shops nearby. Whereas when I was at college, shops nearby, and I picked the wrong food items and I got into the wrong routines. Yeah, you know, I picked the wrong foods to have like for the morning, and then like once you've got that into your head, this is what you have. It was every day I was having the same thing over and over again, and I don't think about like this isn't good for me. Or that kind of thing. And you don't think about um, like the weight and stuff. And then obviously, because you're out of school, um, once I hit 18, I was old enough. I mean, I was doing like, I'm, I'm legally allowed to drink. So everybody's going out drinking. Uh, and for me, going out to nightclubs and um, socializing that way is really bad. I don't like doing it. Uh, yeah. The only way I found to deal with it is to drink and to drink like a lot. So yeah. I was getting drunk, but then everybody wanted to go out. And, you know, I suddenly I found myself in a routine of going out every like Saturday night. Uh, but I'd have to drink loads and loads and loads every Saturday night just to be able to be out and socialize with it. And like those routines and stuff is like the way that I put on weight. But I didn't think about like what that was doing because that was the the thing of doing it. You know, I had yeah. to do it because that was like my my routine and stuff. Yeah. Um yeah, what are you going to say? Well, um, just following that, because I, I was reading about um, health things that are linked to autism before we did this episode, and that is one of them. People on the spectrum are, I can't remember the percentage, but they are more likely to be obese than um, NT people. It's not that much more likely from what I remember, but there is studies that show it is more likely. And one of the... Well, they had a couple of theories as to why that may be, but one of them um, that I don't think necessarily relates to you, but I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, but one of the common reasons was because of people on the spectrum generally are more fussy eaters, um, yeah. which was definitely a thing for me when I was younger. I um, I, I wasn't um, overweight when I was younger, but I definitely was an incredibly fussy eater. And I would say that even though I wasn't overweight, I would say that I was probably wasn't as healthy as I should have been or could have been. Um, and that was just on the fact that the foods that I went towards were definitely the unhealthy foods. Like I didn't, I didn't like fruit. I didn't like vegetables and I wouldn't eat them. There was like, I would to an extent as in my parents would make me dinner and I would, you know, they'd, they'd say, if you want dessert, you have to finish all your peas. Yeah. Um, or something like that. So I would try, but it would always be really begrudgingly and I, it wasn't something that I enjoyed. Um, and I was incredibly fussy. I didn't like sauce on anything. I didn't like certain textures of things. And unfortunately, a lot of the things that I didn't like were the healthier things. And then the things that I did like were the unhealthy things because they're I suppose they're it, theoretically they're more palatable they usually don't have weird textures or unfamiliarness and the the flavors to them are usually they're either sweet or salty but there's not really a you know there's there's nothing or the things that I went towards weren't really tangy or or sour or different or spicy they were just salt or sweety sweet sweet or salty um and also with with what you just said often when you are on the spectrum once you found something you like and enjoy 
you're just going to repeat that behavior i've i don't know you've decided that you really like fish and chips for dinner yeah you're gonna have fish and chips every night brilliant um Obviously, that's I guess that's more of a an English or a British thing, but yeah, but similar. Like if you were into like say fast food, like burgers. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like you have to have burgers only. If you find a food that's the food that you anyone can eat, but the trouble is, is the food you've picked is one that's not got like nutrition in it that you need or the vitamins that you need you start getting like deficient in stuff even if you don't put weight on do you know what I mean like you start finding yourself being like lethargic or you know that kind of thing it has like effects on you physically that you aren't aware of I suppose because you won't try new things to notice the difference yeah definitely um like I got into a bad habit of drinking coffee um but I needed them like almost like I always had one at a certain time of the day morning night evening night not just now but like years ago as well and then before you know it, i'm having like five six because i like the taste of it as well which yeah. is a is another factor with me anything that's got like a strong flavor i like so anything that's really strong like ginger is one of them or anything that's really minty or coffee's got like a really distinct taste and as far as like alcohol goes i'm a fan of like the darker rums because they have like a distinctive taste the trouble is with that is I was drinking coffee for the sake of, I like the taste of coffee. Uh, and then I'm having like five or six caffeinated like drinks a day. Yeah. And I'm also picking ones that were really strong. So I used to like espressos. Or if I had like an Americano, I'd ask for like extra shots because I preferred the, the stronger yeah. coffee to the weaker coffee. Anywhere I went where they had a really strong coffee. If they had like, if you went to a place that had like a selection of coffees, I'd always pick the one that was the strongest. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like with my, like, I suppose, anxiety and worry and nerves and stuff, adding caffeine to that can't have been like a good idea No. for like my, like, I suppose, heart and like that kind of thing in general. But I, I would also say with you, um, sorry to, to interrupt, but with you, I would say you also um, don't always know when you've had enough. Yeah. I mean, with food, you don't, I don't think you can tell that you're full as easily. It maybe it might come later, but maybe... I don't know, maybe like 20, no. 20 mouthfuls too late or or something. And, no, and I don't really get the feeling of actually being full. Yeah. And even when I know I'm full, I can still eat. So yeah. yeah, and I think you may perhaps do the same with coffee. Of You don't really get to... You know how most people would get to a point of thinking, or, okay, I've had I've had a lot of that now. I'm sort of... I'm done with it. Um, I no longer want any more. You don't really seem to get that. No, no, I don't. Um... And like I say, that's just because it's the it's the sensory feedback, the the stim, and not yeah. like the stim of caffeine. Uh, I enjoy strong flavors of stuff. Uh, like I like sucking mints constantly, um, or like I say, ginger biscuits, that kind of thing. They're things that have a certain thing, and it it doesn't matter to me. I suppose if it's bad to drink that many like cups of coffee a day. Uh, it gives me like some sort of like calmness or, you know, it pulls my focus from the thing that's bothering me or it helps me concentrate. So I just keep doing it anyway. And yeah, these are just the things that I think autism can, like I say, affect the body. Like even like I say, with like anxiety, um, I would say that I, this every day I have a level of anxiety towards something. I wouldn't say that I've gone a day where I don't have, or I don't feel a wave of anxiety over something even the weekend even though i said the weekends are calmer 
I still have the odd wave of it every now and then yeah. from something. Uh, and it's odd little things that give me anxiety that if you told anybody else about it, they just think like, why are you worried about that? That's a weird thing to have like worry about. And I just think like, I don't know. Um, like, for example, something that gave me anxiety is uh, I have bought a mud guard for my bike um, because I'm sick of getting like my back wet and like all my clothes and stuff. And I keep meaning to get a back mud guard for my bike. And now I've got one and it's on my bike. But it's now harder because of where I keep it in the flat. It's now harder to put it away because it's slightly higher at one point and longer and your bike's here and they slot together. And I generally thought while slotting them together that they don't really work anymore. So then I started thinking, well, maybe I don't keep the mud guard on my bike. I take it off and then only put it on when it's going to rain. So like when it's raining, I'll put it on. And I started thinking about how easy it was to put on and put off. And I didn't really get it on properly the first time because this is a weird catch. So I had to get you to do it because I'm not good with like fine motor skills, uh, which interestingly, even though this is like completely on tangent to what I'm talking about, the eye test I had, the the guy that did it said that my eyesight actually is the reason why I can't, I don't have fine motor skills and can't oh, do okay. screws or repairs and stuff. Apparently it's got something to do with the way I see things. I can't get my hands into stuff that require like really fine movement. So anything that's delicate, I can't yeah. do, which is why I'm terrible at DIY and that kind of thing. But anyway, so I thought, well, maybe I, maybe I just take it off and only put it on when it's raining. And then I just think, well, I guess I could do that. But then what if it rains and I've not put it on in the morning. So I've not put it on and then I've gone to work and then it's raining and I didn't think it was going to rain. Do I take it with me everywhere? It's quite big. It's quite long. It won't go in my bag without sticking out. It's not like it's heavy. Do you know what I mean? And that was my thought process over just getting a mud guard. And like I was worried and I was panicked. And then we were going to bed. So then I was a bit like, oh, like, oh no, like the mud guard, the mud guard. Like, what am I going to do? And then like... I woke up the next day and I didn't think about it for the first five, 10 minutes of waking up in the morning. Um, but then like 10, 15 minutes into my morning waking up, I was thinking, I just thought, oh, the mud guard. And then it was back and I was just like, what is it? Like, just let it go. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's on there now. The bikes are fit together fine. But like, I get like genuine worry and anxiety over things like that. And I do worry about like the continual strain on like, the body yeah if that keeps happening all the time yeah like obviously like i say my resting heart rate's fine i go see the doctor quite a lot um well i don't go see the doctor quite a lot i used to go to the doctor all the time but it used to be one of my routines was to go to the gp once every two weeks over some mundane thing just to get him to do like blood pressure and whatever i could get him to do just to make sure that i'm physically okay because i used to have really bad health anxiety so yeah um and obviously I get into these like obsessive anxieties over stuff. Like I've had health anxiety and I had like a money anxiety problem. And then I had one towards terrorism for a while uh, where I was convinced that we were going to get like invaded and like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and then that was my worry for ages. And it's like all consuming. But I never really think about the long-term effects that this could have on the body. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of people that do, you know, like, I mean, not to go to the extreme, but there are people that like die of stress. Do you know what I mean? And like, <laughs> do you know, like I obviously I have the thoughts of like, what about that? I hope you will have a great day. Then, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, obviously, that's not it's not the same thing. Anxiety and stress aren't the same thing. And I don't yeah. think I've actually truly been stressed in the way that people get stressed. Yeah, I think I think what I'm experiencing is stress. But then I realise that it's just anxiety and anxiety is different. But like. 
you know I mean? Like, I have these thoughts all the time, and I just think, well, stop worrying then. Stop worrying because it's not good for you. You know, like, if you're worried about, like, your... Because sometimes I get, like, chest pains, and uh, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night with, like, stomach pains. Yeah. Um, and I know that's all down to just worry and anxiety and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, oh, that's not good that that keeps happening, and it's only a matter of time before, like, something happens, but then that makes me worry and get anxiety more. And it's all linked to, like, my rumination and, like, my autism. Yeah. Um. So then I think, like, uh, and I can't make myself relax. You know, like, when I think, oh, this is bad, I should relax. Um. I can't force myself to relax. Weirdly with me, if I try and relax, I get more worried. So, like, it's, I have to, like, sort of unknowingly stumble into relaxation for me to relax, you know? Yeah. But I can't think, right, you need to relax now because you need to calm down. So you should go do some relaxing. Um, because the second I do that, I'm like sat and just like, okay, start relaxing now. And then it doesn't happen. I'm just like, why aren't you relaxed? This is what the time is. The time's going away. You know, it's been like an hour now and you're still not relaxed. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, before you know it, you'll have to go to bed. And then the next day I'll start and you won't relax when you get up in the morning. So like, I have like that. Uh, and sometimes I do think about like long, long-term effects of the body. Um, and I do think about like what that has on me physically. And I always think like, well, you know, I was like in my twenties and when you're in your twenties, you cope with it fine. But as I get older, am I going to cope with it better? You know, once I'm in my forties, like, will I cope with it or do I need to really do something about it? And then I start thinking, yeah, but you're autistic. So you can't do anything about it. You can't make it go away. So like, uh, I have that, you know, which yeah. uh, I know you don't have that. Uh, and obviously I'm not saying that everyone on the spectrum has, this is just me personally. This is like something I go through on a regular basis, like day in, day out. That always makes me think sometimes like, what about the, like, what does it do for me? Like physically? Yeah. You know, like I get like muscle pain sometimes in my back and my neck that I know is just from like worry because I'm obviously like hunching or yeah that kind of thing. So yeah, I just, uh, it's just interesting. I do think like, what did, and obviously I did like the putting on weight and that kind of thing um there's just stuff that I've never really considered um well you internalize a lot of your worry like you said it's, it's you don't often come out um come out with it it's it's I suppose in your head a lot more you you do speak about it so it's not that you don't talk about it but uh, I suppose a a lot of it is internalized um and sometimes you i suppose you don't even know what it is you're worrying about until a little bit later on so i think because you internalize a lot of it you do get um stomach pains from it and you do get chest pains as well yeah just like i get like a tightness in the chest yeah i feel like there's someone like sat on my chest it doesn't hurt but it feels like my breathing's restricted sometimes yeah but like I don't ever talk about it. So like even when I'm out in public and say I'm at work and I'm having like anxiety problems and that kind of thing, I kind of just hide it. And like my masking becomes like reinforced. Yeah. And I behave like everything's fine and I'm okay uh, and there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. Uh, and I do that a lot. And I always wonder about, do you know I mean? Like, because is, is holding it in a bad thing? Because obviously the people that got, end up in therapy or go to therapy, it's all about letting it out. Yeah. And obviously I'm not one for letting it out. So I just think like, oh, is that is that a bad thing? What will I happen there? But then I guess like the only thing I can weigh it up against or compare it to is neurotypical people I know that have said that they have, you know, 
that you can't hold it in, you can't pent it up because it'll, it'll be bad. But I, I feel like because I'm autistic, that might not actually be the case because I've held everything in for a long time now. Uh, and I wouldn't say that I've noticed anything hugely like negative about it, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if it's just because of my autism I'm able to hold it in and have it have no real like long-term effects. Whereas I know for neurotypical people, if they keep it in, they develop like behavioural issues as they get on. Uh, yeah. If you know what I mean. Or it could be that um, you don't have the same worries as a lot of people. So your worries are different, mm. but there's a lot of things that perhaps neurotypical people do worry about that you don't. This is what I mean. I don't worry about the stuff that neurotypical people worry about. So the big stuff that people worry about doesn't worry me. Yeah. Uh, I've never been worried about the bigger issues that people have uh, or that people worry about on a, the same basis. Say, for example, uh, where I work now, we have an area manager and when they know he's coming to visit, you know, they're like, they're worried about the state of the shop and, you know, have we done this that they asked us to do last time and is this up to date and what about that? And we all need to be on our best behaviour and, you know, like this is really important. That kind of stuff doesn't worry me. Yeah. I don't ever think about it. I don't ever like get panicked. Even when I was management, I never really thought like, yeah, that's, I should be panicked about this. I didn't lose like sleep over it. I barely gave it any thought. In fact, sometimes he'd walk into the store and I'd be like, oh yeah, that's today. Uh, like it just, it wouldn't happen. And like the, the big stuff that people worry about. Like, yeah, I, do you know I mean, like just anything like that that people talk to me about or mention it. I just think like, yeah, I don't care about that. That's not bothering me, you know, but a mud guard on my bike. That's the real issue here. <laughs> and like it, it controls over everything. So like for me, when I've got my little worry or the thing I'm worried about, it doesn't matter what anybody tells me. I'll be thinking about the thing that's worrying me. Yeah. Even if they gave me a bigger thing to worry about, like, you know, yeah, that's true and everything. But, you know, there's a fire in the corner of the room I'll just be thinking like oh, yeah but if I guess if I took the mud guard off maybe <laughs> I could like find some way to maybe I can make a bit in my bag for it to go in and I'm like didn't you hear me there's a fire and I'm like yeah I heard you let's just go outside then and then while I'm outside and like the building's burning down I'm like or maybe there's like an extendable mud guard that folds into one smaller piece that could go into the back of my bag like that's that's how I am I am worried but do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not worried about the thing that everybody else is, like, losing their mind over. Yeah. I'm still focused on that thing that's my thing to worry about. So I don't know if it's because I'm worried about the really minute stuff that really my body will cope with it fine. Yeah. You know? I wouldn't say that my anxiety and my physical symptoms of anxiety have got worse or progressed. They're the same all the time. They're just constant. I don't know if as well, like, my body's just got used to it, so... It doesn't bother me because my body's just like, yeah, whatever, this is this is just day in, day out now. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I mean, you don't have the tightness in your chest or the stomach pains constantly. Uh, the chest you? the chest stuff's pretty regular. I've got it now. Oh, um, okay. Stomach stuff, no. The stomach stuff, it comes and goes. But the chest one, I would say most of the time. If I really think about it, sometimes it's just there and I don't notice it. But if we talk about it and I think about it, I'll just take a deep breath in just to see if it's still there. And yeah, I'd say nine times out of ten, it's, it's usually always there. Oh. What? Oh, I didn't realise it was so frequent with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, do you worry about like, because you have anxieties and worries. Uh, you know, you, you have meltdowns quite frequently, which I don't know if that's a good thing, I suppose, because you are releasing it. You're not like me 
you're not just keeping it in there. But do you you do get stressed and worried about odd stuff? Mm. Do you know I mean like something not being on a menu that was supposed to be there? Yeah. Like, do you ever think about like the physical toll it has on your body, or have you noticed anything different? Grey hairs, wrinkles, that kind of thing. I've got wrinkles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your wrinkles are the you've got like the laughter line thing. Like, <laughs> no, I don't think that's that's not a stress thing. Oh, I don't like the wrinkles. <laughs> um, no, not not really. Um, I, I mean, I don't have meltdowns that often either i would say no i would say that you went through a period of i think at one point you were having one like every day yeah Uh, i think now it's really infrequent i'm gonna guess about once a month yeah with you i think probably about once a month um but i think that for me it's always a a combination of things so one singular thing probably isn't gonna cause a meltdown or really cause me to worry that much but I think if I if a lot of things start happening then it will cause a meltdown and oftentimes if I'm worried about one particular thing it's actually because I'm worried about several things um I'm just picking one to be the the main cause I don't really worry that often I suppose not like you do I think that when the the main thing I worry about is the unknown. I don't like not knowing things and so not things about other people, but things about myself. If I've done something wrong, like I if I know I've done something wrong, then I just want to know what it is that I've done wrong. I don't like to be in limbo and I don't like I don't like any sort of unknown and that's what causes me a lot of worry if I'm not sure. Um, I get worried about things at work sometimes if I am not sure what the outcome of a particular thing will be. Say I go home one night um, and something isn't quite finished and I don't know what the outcome's going to be. If I then, I will then spend the night thinking about it until I've gone back to work and resolved it and then it's fine. But any sort of limbo state of, of unknown causes me a lot of worry um, when I don't know how something's going to turn out or I don't know if it that that's what worries me I think other things don't really get to me very much but any any unknown or anything that isn't quite finished or it hasn't been wrapped up properly or I'm not on top of something that's what causes me worry um and a lot of the time for me it is work related I would say most of my worries come from that because I'm quite in control everywhere else in my life, I would say. Yeah, but like what physical effects does it have on you? I don't don't know if it does. Other than causing me anxiety in my brain, I don't really have any bodily effects to to worry. You don't, like, nothing in your stomach, chest, muscle aches, anything like that? No. So it's just in your head? It's just in my head. And I don't know whether that's something that would change as time goes on. Well, the thing is, is I... Trying to think back on, like, I suppose when I was younger. So I guess when I was your age. Yeah. I don't remember ever having any of this stuff. But I used to overeat when I was your age. So I don't know if that was it instead. Okay, so it it came out in in behaviours. This is the thing. I don't know if it... 
it could just be me. Like I say, this whole topic could just be me thinking about it, but and everybody else doesn't have like physical effects from autism on their body. Um, I just, for me, there's always been something, and I don't know if it is because I'm internal that it has to then take it out on me physically. But I wouldn't say like I'm not like grey hair. I wouldn't say oh, like no. I wouldn't say like I'm covered in. Like, I'm not really wrinkly. Like do you know what I mean? I'm not. It's it's minor stuff. It's just interesting, um, for me, I suppose. Because but I can't remember ever it being there when I was in my twenties, which is what I'm saying. Like I I don't know if I've only started to notice this stuff now because I'm older, and yeah. you know what I mean. Like as you get older, your body copes with stuff not as well I suppose yeah. everyone's always like oh well he's you know it's good that he broke his leg when he's this age because his body will recover from it yeah do you know I mean like but a breaking a bone when you're in like your 60s is different to like breaking a bone when you're a teenager yeah so I don't know if it's just that I don't know if the anxiety that I have towards stuff is just physically showing itself now because my body is getting older and doesn't know how you know can't just brush it off as well as it used to or I've just replaced one thing with another thing yeah is what I'm saying. And then, like, you just haven't noticed it now because you're 22. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but then maybe when you are 34, you'll be like, oh, my chest. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there is a good... That is true. And it, it may be a case of that. Also, like I say, I don't... I do internalise things, but in a different way. I think things through... I don't know. I feel like with me, it's different. I usually think things through and when when I am ready to speak about it, it's because I've worked it out in my head. So for instance, if I am worried about something at work, I usually won't mention it. So so say I bring it up to you, I usually won't bring it up to you until the outcome has happened. And then I can say, I was, maybe I was a little bit off yesterday. It was because I was thinking about this, but now this is the, it's happened and this is the resolution. So I don't often speak things out before I've made my peace with it already, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know how that would affect me physically though. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I just can't think of any physical things I have other than meltdowns, um, or the the sensory issues I have, but I don't think that they're linked particularly to worry as such. But they do cause me health problems, I suppose. Sensory issues. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, you get headaches and stuff. Yeah, I do. I get really bad headaches from um, any sort of, like, from screens. What Looking at computer screens and things give me quite bad headaches. Um, and I struggle with that, and sometimes I just have to sit with my eyes closed to um to almost recover because it it hurts mm. um i also i this is a kind of un well it's unrelated to worry but in a way but um i used to because i i enjoy running i did find that i used to find it more difficult to do exercise out of anxiety of seeing people so I didn't like going to gyms because there's people in gyms and that used to give me anxiety and cause me worry and same with just going out for a run I'd be worried that I'd see people or people would be staring at me they wouldn't be staring at me but that's something that I found quite worrying I was worried about people looking at me and I think that stopped me from doing certain things um that 
that would then affect my health. Same with sometimes I'd really need to go shopping, but I was worried about just leaving the house. So perhaps I wouldn't get food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the ones I thought about for me as well is my uh, inability to remember to drink. I get dehydrated. Um, yeah. Not frequently, but it happens more than I think it happens to other people. Uh, and I, you know what I mean? Like I dehydrate myself unknowingly. Yeah. Uh, just because I really don't recognize that I'm thirsty. I can always tell when I'm hungry, but I can't tell when I'm thirsty. Uh, it's a weird thing with me is uh, I don't ever feel thirsty. I can notice the physical things like my mouth's really dry, but then that doesn't force me to have a drink. Like I'll notice my mouth's really dry, but then an hour later I still haven't had anything to drink. I just think like, oh, it's still dry though. Um <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not till I've realised that actually now I'm dehydrated. You know, I mean, I start getting like lightheaded and stuff, and then I'm just like, oh wait a minute, that's what that is. I should drink something, but for some reason I don't feel the urge. Whereas hunger, like once I get hungry and like really hungry, um, it's almost like it's all I think about yeah. is eating, uh, and I've got to eat something. But yeah, I suppose I've got that as well, which is a, a weird one. Do you ever find that? Um... Sometimes when you think you're hungry, it's because you're thirsty. I have read that like sometimes you can just have a drink and you won't feel hungry anymore. Uh, I've started taking a bottle of water with me to work now. Yeah. And when I feel hungry, I have tried drinking from the bottle instead. Um, but I haven't noticed the hunger go away. No, I mean, it's not always the case. And it's definitely, you shouldn't just... Um... Oh, no, I know that. Right. Like, I'm still eating at like, the times yeah. that I would normally eat. But I do sometimes think when I get... So sometimes I get... You ever done that thing where you take your lunch to work? And then it's like 10 o'clock and you think, well, normally I have my lunch at 12 and you just think, well, I'm hungry now. Yeah. But then you eat something and you just think, well, I can't have that later now because I've just eaten it now. <laughs> so that's that done. Like, there's loads of people that like, I've eaten my lunch and it's only 10 o'clock. Um, sometimes I do that. So I'll eat something and then be like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. Uh, so sometimes when I get to those points where it's too early for anything to be eaten, really, I think, well, maybe I am just thirsty and I should try drinking. But... It hasn't really, like, made that go away. It doesn't make me think, oh, that's good, that's what that was. Yeah, I just, I was wondering whether perhaps you just had the feelings not mixed up, but you just, you didn't know what thirst almost felt like. I guess so. I don't really, yeah, I, I definitely, if I think about it, now I know what hunger feels like, but thirst, no idea. Couldn't tell you. That's um, so interesting. Um, there are so many health problems that are related or can be related to autism and there's probably way more than we've even we've began to mention mm. um because obviously we can only really talk about the ones that would affect us i can't um list to others and we're mainly talking about physical ones as well even though i know worry and anxiety is a um, a mental um health issue it's it's we're sort of talking about how it relates to your physical health because it's, it's quite interesting. It's not something that I would think about. I think you, you would often associate mental health and autism. So perhaps things like depression or um, anxiety and things, they, they do link to autism. But it's, it's very rare that you think about the physical effects. Yeah, that's... I mean, I didn't used to at all. It's only recently that I've started thinking about, like, physical effects of what my brain's doing. yeah. It's it is really interesting, and I know there's there's so many studies into different aspects of it as well. Because I was looking at them before this podcast, and it's there's just so there's so many things that are related that you just wouldn't even think were in any way linked 
So I do think it's interesting to talk about. Mm. Well, that's it for this week. Yes. Um, just to say, people that are having problems with the Apple Podcasts, well, the Apple Podcasts thing app, whatever you use the service, uh, Anchor, who we distribute this with, who puts it out everywhere, have said that the issues with Apple, because all the other platforms work fine, you can download or, you know, whatever. I've spoke to Apple directly, and they're saying that... Um, I don't know. It's, I can't really understand what they're saying. So basically, <laughs> they're, they're kind of saying that I would need to take direct ownership of the podcast and create an Apple account, and it's quite fiddly. Or they said the other option is people that are listening to the podcast. So if you're somebody that listens to the Apple Podcasts or listens to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, um, there's a support form you can fill out explaining what issues you're having. They're saying if you do that, then they can log it and look into it better and see where the issues actually are because they have noticed the problem themselves, but they don't think it's with everyone. So not everyone that listens to us on Apple Podcasts is having this issue. It's only certain people. So if you're one of those people that listen to it that way and can't do it, I mean, obviously you've probably figured out a way to listen to it somewhere else. Otherwise you won't be able to hear me explaining this to you. But if you do fill out the support form on the Apple podcast thing, just to explain what issue you're having, they can figure out which devices are having the problem and then they can establish a pattern and fix it, apparently. So if you do have the time, it'd be appreciated if you could do that because then we can work out what the problem is and have it working again on Apple podcasts. Um, yeah. 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 That'd be, that'd be really helpful. Thank you. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening again this week. Thanks for everybody. Uh, usual places, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look for them Asperger's. We're on all three. Uh, we have an email, which is themaspergers at gmail.com if you want to email us on there. Uh, and there is a group on Facebook that you can join if you want to talk about anything we've talked about or just have your own stuff you want to talk about or just talk to people that are also in a similar situation to yourself. You don't have to be autistic to join the group either if you just want to ask about things you know you know somebody on the spectrum and you've got questions and uh, just go on there most people are, well i say most people everybody is is quite uh helpful on there yeah. um i haven't seen somebody that isn't it, the group's running really well it's been going for like it's been like over a year now and i wouldn't say we've had any like issues trouble fighting anything like that yeah really. do you know I mean like, i know some stuff gets out of hand i've been in a few groups where it's the whole group's had to shut down in the end because everybody's just kicking off all the time but uh we haven't really had to police it. So no. it's, it's a good place to go if you want to talk to people. Yeah. And um, yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you have any questions, queries or things that you would like us to talk about, um, just let us know because we are open to suggestions. There have been a couple of things mentioned on the page um, that we are probably going to cover as well. Um, but yeah, also, it's really nice just to hear people's interpretations of the episodes because sometimes people say things that we hadn't thought about necessarily sometimes people say that they heard one of us say something and they relate to it and then gone into details of why they relate to it and it's things that we haven't actually thought of but then when we read it we think yeah that is that is true that is kind of how we feel about that so it's really interesting so thank you to everybody that does that because it's it's quite insightful this is almost like a, a weekly therapy session to be honest mm. going through and talking about you like our, our own autism is it is quite nice it's given us both a better understanding of ourselves i would say so yeah thank you everybody who listens and, and helps us with that 
Bye.